In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The topic of our conversation with our Lord is an individual who happened to have a great influence on the Son of God made man in terms of his formation, his education, and to a certain extent his own spiritual practices, and that is his adopted father, St. Joseph. St. Joseph has a singular role in the history of salvation. Complements and supplements the singular role of the Blessed Mother, whose yes occasioned the Holy Spirit to bring the transcendent Son of God the Father into our world by giving him a visible human nature. It was St. Joseph who, in a certain sense, brought Jesus to the world as well, by forming him, educating him uh, for his redemptive life of preaching and miracles, even though his redemptive life began at the moment of his conception. But actually revealing himself to the world in his public life, Joseph was very much behind the scenes. In a certain sense, Jesus was devoted to two of the greatest saints, one his own mother, and number two his adopted father, St. Joseph. Two saints during our Lord's lifetime uh, towards whom he had great loves. We ask the question, Lord, what are these times telling me? What is the culture telling me? What is this alienation of the culture from Christian tradition telling me? And I would say we want to go back to our template of spiritual life and of evangelization, which is the early church, whose first history book is the Acts of the Apostles. And also included are the epistles of St. Paul, mostly, and St. John, Peter, Jude, James. What is the Holy Spirit telling me in response to the signs of the times? What is the common thread running through those 28 chapters of the Acts of the Apostles, the first record of the church's history. Contemporaries, apostles, disciples of the apostles, how the church started. That record 
is the word of God. Explicitly and implicitly, the different protagonists of primitive Christianity ask the Holy Spirit this question. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to focus on? What is the explicit and implicit communication of the Spirit running through that template of every generation of Christians to the end of time, that revealed word that spells out in cursory fashion the earliest years of the church's history. And we ask this question now in that similar spirit, and we ask this question prayerfully. We see an evolution, a development of devotion to St. Joseph. It was very much present since the very beginning. He's the adopted father of Jesus. From day one, there's been devotion to St. Joseph, and also since day one considered one of the greatest saints. After all, he was the husband of Mary and the father of our Lord. Devotion to Mary was acutely developed from the get-go, whereas devotion to Joseph evolves. And so we see, we ask the question, uh, why is it evolving? And we find ourselves in the 21st century with a heavy emphasis on the role of the laity. We find a heavy emphasis on the importance of work. We find ourselves in a new culture of the church, old and new, where the emphasis on is on the new evangelization, and the front lines of the church are the laity, because they're called, and we have an acute awareness, especially in the wake of the Second Vatican Council, and also the teachings of St. Jose Maria, that the vocation of that ordinary man and woman in the middle of the world, through family life and through work, is called to bring that world to the light of Christ. And so what is the Spirit saying? The Spirit is saying that someone of the stature of St. Joseph, a worker, a family man, that is a role model. It's always been the case. But now, with the Holy Spirit emphasizing, as it did in those primitive years, those first years, the role of the man and the woman in the middle of the world, we, we grow, through the work of the Holy Spirit, a greater appreciation of who Joseph is.
many of the contemporary saints uh, have been very devoted to him. Well, she was not contemporary, but St. Teresa of Avila calls him the master of the interior life. Why? Well, because he could almost make a case that he hung around Jesus more than anybody else. Well, Mary competed with him, but men hung around with men. Men trained men. Fathers trained their sons. He would go to work with Jesus every day. Uh, they would talk shop. Uh, they would hang around with other, other guys, etc. So you could make that case. So he's the master of the interior life. But in this latter part of the 20th century, with the modern popes who have especially emphasized St. Joseph, uh, Vatican Council, uh, emphasized the role of the laity, Paul VI put St. Joseph in uh, Eucharistic Prayer One. The Pope Francis, influenced by Pope Benedict, included St. Joseph in all the Eucharistic prayers, or the four Eucharistic Prayer One, Two, Three, and Four. And John Paul had a lot of devotion. He wrote an apostolic letter. Francis has devoted this year to St. Joseph. He was inaugurated as Pope. The inauguration ceremony purposely fell on the feast or solemnity of St. Joseph. Uh, my inside information tells me that he has an image or a statue of St. Joseph in his room in Casa Santa Marta, and he has a whole stack of papers underneath that statue. Uh, prayers of petition, uh, requests for prayer, and so he has put those petitions in the hands of St. Joseph. And he's written a beautiful uh, letter on St. Joseph. But what is it telling, what is he telling us? Well, Mary is full of grace. She's been, she's immaculately conceived. She's the mother of God the natural mother of God according to his humanity. You know, the Jesus Christ is one person. So she's literally the mother of God uh, because Jesus is not a human person. He's a divine person, but he's, he's, he's totally a man. He's totally human. And you don't give birth to a nature, you give birth to a person. So she has that singular role in the history of our salvation. Joseph was not the natural father of our Lord. The natural father of our Lord is God the Father. But God the Father entrusted the education, the formation, the character development to St. Joseph. And let's just prayerfully analyze St. Joseph theologically. If the Lord has given certain individuals to reveal the beauty of music, Beethoven, Mozart, Bach, well, he's going to give them incredible gifts, extraordinary gifts, so that they reveal 
the possibilities of beauty vis-a-vis -vis music. Or if the Lord is going to reveal the richness of the human spirit, so he will inspire and bless a Michelangelo with the capacity to produce breathtaking forms of art, his sculptures, the Pietà, the Moses, and even painting of the Sistine Chapel. You want to apply that to athleticism. You know, there's always the greatest basketball player. There's, a, there's not too many Michael Jordans or Babe Ruths or Hank Aarons, etc. And so if the Lord is going to call someone to be prominent in a profession or in an athletic endeavor, he will give that man or woman the gifts necessary to re reveal uh, the excellence of a certain sport, a certain academic discipline, a certain uh, artistic ability. And I would say, if God would ever put his best foot forward, it would be with St. Joseph. Obviously Mary, but right now we're talking about St. Joseph. God would endow him with extraordinary gifts, extraordinary graces, because what Jesus is going to teach is charity for every follower of his. And grace always builds on nature. In other words, okay, well, charity is a theological gift, but the little ingredients of charity, these micro components of charity, would include good manners, uh, sincere disposition, listening ear, spirit of service, eye for detailed needs of others, uh, maybe a little bit of humor. I mean, there's lots of little components, and this is raised to a supernatural nature uh, level so that that love can duplicate that actual heart of Christ. And so Joseph, it's a mystery. I mean, here we have God, there's only one divine person, God made human, God made man, and because he's human, he's, he's not instinctual. To be human, you need to be trained. He was like us in every way but sin. So he needed to be trained. He needed to be formed. He needed to learn how to live virtue. There's no defect in him, there's no inclination towards selfishness, but nevertheless, being human uh, requires education, experience, role models. So what's unbelievable is this obscure carpenter living in this insignificant village of Nazareth, one of the few villages that are not mentioned in the Old Testament, is called to prepare this world or contribute to the most important 33 years of the history of the universe. Those 33 years 
God actually lived on our planet. God touched our earth. God had a job. God was a son. God had friends. God, through his human nature, became a slave and culminated this life of love, this short hiatus of 33 years, more or less, dying on the cross for every person, and then rising from the dead. Behind the scenes is this great saint, St. Joseph. So even if we knew nothing about him, that he just existed, we would have to conclude that he had extraordinary sanctity. It was hidden uh, behind the curtain of ordinariness, of poverty, of being one more person. But within the ambit of the ordinary life, no one loved God and others as he did. No one had gifts of the Holy Spirit as St. Joseph had for the precise reason that he is the instrument of God the Father, Jesus' natural Father, to help Jesus, to form Jesus, so that he draw people to himself, teach people by example, by word, in his public life. Those parables, that spirit of service, that compassionate demeanor. Joseph is at least partially to contribute to all that because a human being does not have uh, instinct or even infused knowledge. Albeit Jesus, you know, being God, he had a certain infused knowledge, but there is a part of our Lord that needed that formation from St. Joseph. The Gospel gives us just highlights of Joseph and the silence about him also, I would say, is inspired. The Let me just read. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to send her away quietly. Tradition has it that both knew that, or they were committed to virginity, celibacy, through you know an intervention of the Holy Spirit. And so when Mary was with, with child, Joseph didn't understand. He had no doubts about Mary's purity, sanctity, but felt that her calling was way beyond him, and so he wanted to put her away discreetly, because in those olden days, if you were found with child from another man, through the intervention of a man that was not your husband, the penalty was stoning. And so he wanted to put her away quietly, and the gospel says a just man is a very loaded word, means a holy man, it means a virtuous man, it means a, a noble man.
And so it's revealed, one of the, the first description of, of St. Joseph was that he was holy. And um, I don't know, that's not very common throughout the New Testament, let alone the Old Testament, uh, because uh, everyone sees, seems to be a work in progress, undergoes conversion. But Joseph is that holy man. And like his wife, he's asked to make a colossal act of faith. And he receives his marching orders, as it were, from an angel, but through a vision, through a dream. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in hers of the Holy Spirit, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she was born she had born a son, and he called his name Jesus. So the gospel says he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, very similar to Mary's response. He said, gave a colossal yes to our Lord, and he became one of the greatest, I'd say after Mary, the greatest saint, and the saint was surrounded by ordinary life. And he threw his heart into God's will. We don't have time to go through the extraordinary efforts Joseph made to save his son you know, from Herod, the extraordinary inconveniences and sufferings he had to go through going to another country, leaving his hometown, leave, perhaps leaving his line of work and finding work in Egypt, hanging around Egypt until he knew otherwise through another dream, etc. And for our intents and purposes, we have to be proud that we are entrusted with an ordinary life. We have our schedule, we have our line of work, we have our strong points and weak points. points. Uh, we have a family, we have a circle of friends. And amid those circumstances, I am called to give myself totally to our Lord, as St. Joseph did. And Jesus is tell, telling me, do not underestimate the power of being holy through your work, through your family life, through your interactions with friends and acquaintances, through the crosses you're invited to bear. Do not underestimate that. As St. Josemaria says, a little act done out of love is worth so much. And we could tap into St. Josemaria's prayer of meditation in his celebrated homily uh, in Joseph's workshop, where he says the following, Faith, hope, love, these are the supports of Joseph's life. And of all Christian lives, Joseph's self-giving is an interweaving of faithful love. Loving faith 
and confident hope. His feast is thus a good opportunity for us to renew our commitment to the Christian calling God has given us. So let's imitate St. Joseph by doing what? What would comprise his day, this, this great saint? Uh, first of all, I think we could make even the case, you know, again, in light of Jesus being God, it's kind of maybe appears a little bit awkward even considering, well, someone taught him how to pray. Well, at a certain level, yes. I mean, either he's human or he's not, and he's totally human. And so his uh, desire to pray, spend long hours in prayer in the desert, in the mountain, withdrawing self to pray, impressing his apostles on the way he prayed, in part at least, that habit of long prayer, of protracted prayer, was learned by what he observed in his mom and his dad, and maybe especially his dad, because I was in the Holy Land, and I saw Joseph's house. It's basically, you know, it's anything but the Ritz-Carlton, basically glorified caves. He had a bigger house than Mary. And I think he had a storage room there and in Nazareth. And the tour guide said, well, you know, he, he needed to travel throughout the villages to find work. And there was a especially big, bigger city called Sephora where they would go because there was more work to be done. And so he, uh, he would go off to work. And he did great work. He threw himself into the work because that's that was a form of prayer. And uh, I don't know, he was so good at it. He was known so much as a carpenter. He had the reputation of a carpenter. Probably he had many clients, many customers, being a good person, being a good worker, being a good professional, that uh, even though the comment was a bit insulting for our intents and purposes, it really helps when Jesus went public in a synagogue and uh, the people were a little bit indignant or a lot indignant, wondering where did he get this wisdom? That's what the gospel says. Where did he get this wisdom? They were astonished by his wisdom because Jesus never went public. He never was anything but ordinary. And he was labeled, isn't this just the son of the carpenter? He's, or the son of Joseph. So Jesus is known as the son of Joseph. That's a pretty beautiful title, son of Joseph. And so we learn, we know a lot about St. Joseph, even though he didn't open up his mouth. And the Holy Spirit is, I mean, he did, but it's not recorded. The Holy Spirit is telling us uh, the importance God places on extraordinary love of God and of others amid one's daily schedule, one's daily life, one's daily job and task, one's daily relationships. We can imagine 
that he was very popular because he really loved his friends. I mean, I don't know, we need points of reference. I've seen different people who have given great example of charity. Some are still with us, some are not. And um, people would gravitate towards these people. I'm thinking of, you know, barbers, policemen, uh, retired salesmen, whatever kind of work. But they were kind of like magnets because they were such good friends and they were so kind, good listeners, compassionate at, at their friend's service, at their family's service. And some of who have passed out of this world, it was really nice to see how the gospel really could work, where people would comment this, he was such a loving person. Jesus says, you will be known as a disciple by the love you have for one another. And no one was as good as Joseph. We could just imagine um, our Lord, who is the incarnation of love, but at the same time, learning the rudiments of social interactions, of friendship through his, his, his father Joseph. Father like son. That was Jesus' point of reference. It's a mystery. We can't grasp it completely. But we certainly have an intuition why the church uh, is stressing the importance of this great saint uh, who loved heroically amid ordinary life with a number of extraordinary incidents touching uh, his son's life. So we go to the uh, Blessed Virgin Mary and we pray to her uh, for her intercession because it is the will of her son that we have this devotion to St. Joseph. Another shortcut to our Lord. In a certain sense, someone who was responsible in forming Jesus as a man. And so we ask Mary to intercede for us so that we take full advantage of these lights from the Holy Spirit to learn more from this great saint, St. Joseph. And we take to heart the advice the sons of Jacob received when they were looking for bread in Egypt. Go to Joseph. Lord, help us go to Joseph. I thank you, my God.